Support for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast comes from Manscaped. Father's Day is just around the corner and you probably need a gift for that hairy dad in your life. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Cause you know what they say, like father, like son. Hook him up this Father's Day with our exclusive offer and get 20% off plus free shipping when you include the code DADHARD20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Hey, she got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock Off the knob on top of the hydrant We were wildin' on the side of my dude dad Future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in This is Dad Hard with a podcast And as always, I am your host, Mo Green And I am just a dad that enjoys talking to other dads to try to learn myself and help us all be the best dads that we can be. I want to start this week's episode by sending a major, massive, unbelievable congratulations to one of my best friends in the world uh, since 11 years old. Actually, probably before that, he was also the guest on episode 65 of Dad Hard with a podcast, talking about writing a book about his father who passed away when he was 14 years old. Um, uh, Xander Masser, him and his beautiful wife, just welcomed into the world their first child, a beautiful baby girl. Z, I love you, man. I'm proud of you. Congratulations. I hope that at some point soon I can get up to Canada and meet that little daughter of yours. Let Aurora show her the ropes. Uh, But until then, I love you, man. Congratulations and welcome to the Fatherhood Brotherhood. Uh, Last week's episode, I did a deep dive, a solo episode into my daughter's night terrors. Uh, as well as her, not newfound love, but evolving love for music, uh, specifically getting her her singing voice intact. All she wants to do is sing now, and she's at the point where she can actually sing real words and real songs and understand what what she's saying and all that type of stuff. It's a beautiful thing, so definitely check that out. That's episode 68. And as always, to connect on the fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod. And check out the website, wedadhard.com, where this episode will be right at the top, right above episode 68. With that said, uh, before we jump into our guest segment, uh, there's been a much further advancement in my daughter's musical love. And that is the fact that she has discovered her first favorite musical instrument being the guitar. Uh, Yep, she has fallen in love with it. We were at a friend's house over the weekend who has like an almost four-year-old daughter. And my daughter picked up this guitar and refused used to put it down for an entire weekend literally refused she would not put it down she screamed if you tried to take it away from her she wouldn't share it with it with the girl whose guitar it actually was Uh, nothing you could not take it out of her hands to the point where i had to purchase a guitar for her at my wife's friend's house as we were leaving from Amazon so that it would be at our door by the time we got home. And she was happy as a clam. She loved it. She picked the guitar out herself. It's like this rainbow guitar, all these different colors and everything like that. 
uh, and she loves it and loves it so much that she still will not put it down. She starts crying hysterically. When you tell her she can't bring it in the bath, ah! when you tell her she can't take it to bed, ah! when you tell her she can't take it into the stroller to go to daycare, ah! although that one is a little bit easier because I can pull my 2008 Danny Ainge magic and just trade her for a stick, and then all is well in the world. Uh, it's stuff like that that makes you really appreciate the uh, the fact that kids love and appreciate the little things in life so much more than you could ever imagine. That you know, I say you can't take no, you can't take the guitar to daycare. You can't take it. I want guitar, guitar, guitar. But I'll give you stick, 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 stick. Loves it. It's the it's the best thing ever. Um, and, uh, uh, I also had to now buy her two guitars because she needed a pick. She needed a guitar pick. She is not even two years old. She doesn't know how to play the guitar. All she knows how to do is like flap on the strings, but she needed a pick. She needed a pick that was attached to the guitar because that was what her friend had at the house. So that's what she was playing with. She was playing with a guitar that had a pick attached by a little rope and she needed that that's she needed because i got her one it came with a pick but it wasn't attached so what she decided to do was just drop it into the guitar into a little hole behind the strings and instead of playing the guitar she was shaking it back and forth and the pick flying around and then she couldn't get it out so she got upset so then we had to buy her the, the guitar that has the pick attached and now she just walks around with both both guitars in her hand, strumming, trying to strum them while banging them together. It is a hilarious sight, not so hilarious to the fact that I woke up to her trying to do that next to my head while I was in bed this morning, um, but it is, it is hilarious. So let me tell you, dads, if you're listening, your kids want a guitar, make sure this, this is what you got to buy. I'm telling you right now. That's what, that's what we're all about here. We're trying to make everybody better dads and to make better dads. Part of that is knowing the right first guitar to get your child, right? Uh, you got to get them 17-inch, like mini ukulele guitar, four strings, nylon strings because they are less likely to pop and they're soft on the fingers, right? Pla you don't want plastic. Plastic will pop and, and you don't want like the metal strings like a real guitar because then if they pop, they're just going to like cut your daughter's or son's fingers and face and you don't want any of that. Right? You don't want to pop them back in the eye. The nylon strings are stretchable. So when you tighten the strings on the guitar, they just stretch. They're not really, uh, they're stretching and they're, um, you know, getting more tension on them. But they're not going to rip because nylon is a little bit more of a stretching material. Shout out to my fashion days. Um, but uh, you want know, the nylon strings, four strings, 17 inch. Anything smaller than that is going to seem like too much of a toy and probably not work for what they want it to work for. Anything bigger than that is probably bigger than their body. Um, so they can't really walk around with it. Don't get the one that like plays songs and it's like a fake guitar. Like if they want this guitar, get them the real thing. And I feel like that's probably the case with any instrument. You just get them like a smaller child version of the real thing. This guitar, like it's legitimately looks like a guitar, plays like a guitar. But make sure you also get the one with the pick attached. Number one, they can't put it in their mouth and swallow it. Number two, they can't throw it across the room and then never find it again. Number three, they can't drop it into the hole of the guitar and then get mad because they can't get it out. It's going to save you a lot of tears, a lot of everything. I know I just went through it three days ago. So believe me on this, guitar, 17-inch, nylon string, four-string, Attach pick. Write it down. All right. Now, now we'll go forward. Um, I do want to do some medical stuff. I want to talk about some medical stuff because I learned something this week that I didn't really know. And I want to pass that knowledge on to, to anybody else. So now you'll know it and you won't have to go through the same extreme like anxiety that myself and my wife went through. Uh, obviously, 
If anything always looks wrong, like I said from episode one, do not just like listen to this podcast and say, oh, Mo, Mo Green said that, that this, this, and this. If that happens, that's what it is. No, don't listen. Just telling you my experience. Go to pediatrician. That's what the fuck I did. And that's why I know this information I'm about to drop. Um, but uh, the, this could, can maybe kind of ease some anxiety because knowing this would have definitely helped me to not be so stressed out and freaking out, especially amidst all this COVID stuff, even though we're coming to the end, hopefully, you know, it, with little kids, it's still, it's still, uh, you know, uh, can, it can get into their system and they can still catch it and all that type of stuff. And the way that it materializes is via like really bad rashes and stuff like that. So that's what I thought happened. We, me and my wife were freaked out because we thought that our daughter might have fucking COVID. And where could she have gotten it from? Oh, shit. She probably got it from daycare. Oh, shit. Who has the daycare? Oh, shit. They're not doing shit right. Oh, my God. Freaking out. But we talked to our pediatrician, and, and here's what happened. Talked to you last couple of weeks about how my daughter has turned into a nose picker. She is, I mean, it's kid stuff. It's still gross, but whatever. We all do it. You know, we all we all did it when we were little. Uh, probably still do it most of the time, you know, most of us. But she's turned into a nose picker and she's like, her nails are so sharp. And I mentioned this last week that she actually like cut her nose, like the inside of her nose. And her nose is really bad with scabby, pussy, gross. Talked about that last week. Uh, but then it went one step further and she started getting this cra these crazy red bumps and rash all over her face. And every time we put her to bed, we put Vaseline on it. She'd be like, okay, it'll be fine. It's just like heat rash or something. That's what we thought at first. She'd wake up looking like freaking Two-Face, the Batman villain Two-Face. And I'm not talking about like the cartoon Two-Face or the Two-Face with his face half burnt. I'm talking about... The lumpy, bumpy, mumpy, Tommy Lee Jones version of Two-Face from Batman Forever. That, like, gross red, like, all, like, literally half of her face. Every time we put her down to sleep, we wake up, she'd be worse. Every time we drop her off at daycare, we tell her, be like, we don't know what it is. Like, we're going to get her checked by a pediatrician. Just, like, put some cream on it. We gave her some Vaseline, whatever. She'd come out. It would be double, like double the amount of her face covered than when we dropped her off. We were freaking out. We didn't know what, what it was. Like I said, we assumed that it was COVID, right? And we assumed that it didn't have anything to do with um, anything to do with what was going on with her nose. Like we knew that, that, that she'd cut her nose and like that's what was going on there. Like that we knew. We didn't know that that was what was affecting her face. So we went to the pediatrician and come to find out that with bacterial infections, that is how they can materialize throughout the rest of the body. Basically, what happens is bacteria gets into the bloodstream or in the blood under the skin in the pores of an open wound and materializes in these like teeny tiny red bumpy pimples. That's basically what happens because they get into the pores, etc. So... Dads, moms, if you're listening, parents, everybody, if, you're, if your kid has something going on with their nose, right, and you see that they're learning to pick their nose, probably cut it up and it's scabby or whatever, and then they start materializing bumps or rashes anywhere, don't fully freak out. It is probably a bacterial infection caused by the nose picking. Not going to say that's 100% what it is, but it's probable that that's what it is. Definitely go to pediatrician, get it checked out. But now that you listen to this episode, you could at least not get as high of an anxiety attack as my wife and I were getting staring at my daughter's two-faced face. So yeah, that just wanted to drop that little bit of knowledge. Guitars, two-faced pimples. That's what that's what week 69 was all about, baby. Um, and with that said, coming up on the other side of the musical break. I welcome a awesome guest, uh, my main man, Jason Martin. He is a sports anchor turned author with his first book uh, all about his family and kind of giving life lessons to pass down to his kids. Uh, we talk about that. We talk about a, a whole bunch of stuff that's coming up on the other side of the musical break. 
But until then, I will catch you on the other side. I never felt like this before. Rain clouds don't exist no more. Back when rainy days were signed like a day. That was way back when I was living pissed off. But shit, I was pissed poor. And believe that's worse than being pissed on. Cause I've been there too. Yeah, I know that's gross, but that's real, that's truth. And honestly, these cats ain't being honest, Chief. But when I rhyme, I'm Paul Pierce and it's crime. Dads, attention, attention, attention. As I mentioned on last week's episode, Dad Hard with a Podcast has officially partnered with the men's grooming company, Manscaped. I'm so pumped up about this, uh, and we are running a campaign, a partnership with them to get 20% off on any order from Manscaped between now and Father's Day when you use the code DADHARD20 on manscaped.com. It is a great gift for Father's Day. Not only did I use the Lawnmower 4.0, their new their new electronic shaver last week, and my my chest, my hair, my under undergarments are uh, are still all crispy, fresh, no ingrown hairs, no razor bumps, just not even grown back yet. It's like it's perfect. I, it gave me the f- perfect shave, but I just invested in my first Father's Day gift for my father-in-law using Manscaped because I bought him the Weed Whacker. He's got this big mustache, you know, he's getting up there in years. You know, we, you men, you know, we get up there in years, we start getting hair and some different facial places that we never thought we would have. Nose, ears, eyebrows, who knows? But the Weed Whacker I bought for, for my father-in-law and hopefully he's going to really appreciate it. Get inside that mustache, get all those nose hairs, really get that nice separation between the mustache and the nose take care of any any ear hair that's going on in there you know we all get it i'm starting to get it my wife tell me i might need the weed whacker so anyway i i, I bought it for him i use my own code to buy it for him get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code dadhard20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code dadhard20 don't forget that you came from your dad's balls this year show your original home some love with manscaped remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun right right remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your waves Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember the sandbox? Little league ball felt like the sandlot. I was the bambino, the salt on the swap. And Doc was more like Benny the Jet. No handy, but yet, Pops tell us to drink up. And we are back with this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast. And as always, you know. Once that music break hits, it is time for the guest segment of the show. And I'm extremely excited to have this guest because I just finished his book last night. That is kind of a life lessons learned passed down to his kids and then probably grandkids and just something that will live forever so that his kids have his legacy and his lessons to review all the time, which I think is such a fucking awesome concept for a book, especially as a father who loves his family as much as he does. He was a sports anchor. He is in real estate. And again, he just wrote his first book called This Is Your Captain Speaking, Life Lessons from the Journey So Far. So with no further ado, I'd love to welcome Mr. Jason Martin. How are you doing this morning in Washington, D.C.? Mo, I just got chills, man. You got me all <laughs> pumped up. I feel like, you you know, we're at, a, I don't know, maybe we're at the Madison Square Garden here for a match or something. Yeah, right. let's, let's go. We had a boxing event. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, man, we're about to go 12 rounds, baby. I'm, I'm ready to come out, man. Just <laughs> up. But listen, I, I do I do appreciate you having me, man. And definitely, definitely excited to be on the show and, and dive dive into this book a little bit yeah absolutely man number one i gotta start we're still in a pandemic even though we're light on the other side of the tunnel but we're still here how's everything been going 
within the pandemic. I'm sure it's been crazy probably trying to finish this book off during the, the, the duration of that time. You know, you got three kids, you got a wife, you got a dog. Like I told you before we started recording, I read your book and I feel like I'm part of the family. But how how's everything been going? Everybody happy, everybody healthy, everybody powering through? Well, you're, you're now part of the Martin family circle of trust. So you're in, and everything is everything is great, man. We're 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 healthy and 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 inspired that, that this thing's coming to an end. So, just uh, just rolling with it, my friend. For sure, vaccinated, not vaccinated. Vaccinated, nice. yes, and I'm going to get my two the, the Connor and Izzy who are in the book. They're, they are. 13 going to get them vaccinated too. Nice. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. I'm so much happier that I did because I just like feel safer now. It's just like a it's like a great state of mind that I'm in. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about this book and, and I want to start off with, you know, it's a very interesting thing that you did, right? A lot of people write parenting books that are that are these different lessons or how-tos I love the way that you approached it. Not that it's a parenting book by any means. It's really more of your life story and your family story. But I love how you addressed this and, and kind of gave this as a pamphlet of lessons and a guidebook specifically to your kids, right? And, and to your family, lessons that you want them to live by, lessons that you've learned along the way and want to instill in them and want them to know, a lot of which, as you put it in the book, you've learned from experiences with them, which is awesome. What was the motivation to, to take that route in writing a book like this? Great question. I wrote two books, as I mentioned in the book, that uh, this is the second book that I, that I wrote. The first one will likely never get published. Right. <laughs> I, was, I was coming from a, a teacher perspective on the first one, I was going to write a business book. I'm an entrepreneur, and uh, the the, the uh, content editor said to me, "Listen, you missed the mark, man." And I was like, "Ah, oh, this this hurt. This hurts." I put my <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears into this book, and she said, "However, where you start to get really excited, and I find the gold to be when you start to talk about your family." Mm. So when she said that, the light went off like this, Mo, and I was like, "Well, I can do that." all day after I, you know, it took me three weeks to get off the mat after the first punch in the gut. But I said, I can talk about my family all day. And as a man with experience in life and just, just years long in the tooth, I said, let me make some lessons in here for my kids and let me try and make it fun for them. And if they'll read it and, and absorb it, then that'll be awesome. And I could just identify what I want the lesson to be. So they're not, so they get it. And uh, I have to tell you when, when it came out, all of my kids absorbed it. They got the lessons right away. They dove in. They read it. My youngest daughter was reading it to her class the other day. Wow. And man, I just got to tell you, it's it's been such a such a fun journey. And what I'm excited today is, is, as you and I get into the conversation about it, is for those that are reading it, you start to kind of ask yourself some questions about what is it you want your legacy to be for for those that are closest Absolutely. to you, you're, you're laying yours down right now here on this podcast, for sure. which is super cool. So I, I hope everybody listening, one, that they buy the book, obviously, but that they, they take away this question of what is it I want my people that are closest to me, whether it be family or friends, to know about me. And what's hard about this conversation, Miles, we don't know enough about each other. 100%. And I life, agree. We I don't. Agree. I agree. And actually, I, I actually think it's one step further at, at times like this. And this is why I love what what you did with the book, right? Because not only is it this life lessons thing that you're going to pass on to your kids, but it's also like, as I alluded to in the beginning, it's also a reflection of your life. So I'm not also go one step further from what you said. We don't know enough about each other. I actually think we don't always know enough about ourselves and doing something like this, whether it's actually publishing a book or just doing it as an exercise which you also mentioned that you started doing what eight years ago or something like that when you started journaling right and started taking all of these notes that actually then led into this book like that's something that not a lot of us uh, not enough of us do and therefore we actually don't really do enough self analyzing or analyzing situations that we were involved in and therefore don't know ourselves as well as we really should. And I think doing something like this, which you did with the book is fant a fantastic way to get in touch with yourself as well as letting other people know who you are. That, that That's I'm learning from you right now. I'm <laughs> absorbing that. Right. So, so what you're talking about is awareness Yep. and through the journaling process, 
I just wanted to capture moments and memories. And, and, you know, as, as I mentioned, I remember the first time my daughter stood up and, and that lasted about 10 seconds. Yep. So how can I capture it? I just journaled about it. Yep. And the cool thing about journaling and journaling was, was very impactful on, on the, on the book is you get to look back on it. And then when you read your journal, you really understand where you were as a person you understand the moment. You can almost relive the moment. Like it's almost like putting it in a in a in a bottle, right? Yep. And, and and then being able to break it back out. You're like, oh, that's where I was seven years ago or six years ago. And and by the way, this is how I got through that. Yeah. Then look at my mindset. And it's so fun. The awareness you're talking about is is a is a big thing. And I totally agree with you. And I'm I'm just a student of it too, by the way. Sure. I want to become more aware of my thoughts and how I'm thinking and 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 how I want to impact those people that are that are meaningful. Oh yes. Yeah. So, learning learning yeah. that that's a that's a lifelong that's a lifelong learning experience there, right? Is getting in touch getting in touch with yourself. We're constantly changing. I always I've said ever since probably I was either senior in high school or freshman in college that we all live in a constant state of evolution. Right, where where we as individual people are constantly evolving, and I think that we need to be more in touch with that. Right, even even if every day is the same. Right, we've just been spent four hundred some odd days in a pandemic where it literally seems like we're all trapped in Groundhog's Day, and every day is the same. But like we're changing, even if the scenario is the same and and the surroundings are the same. We're constantly growing, constantly learning, constantly becoming more aware, and I think that we fail as a society in becoming more aware of ourselves. Self-awareness is something that people don't necessarily want to take into account. And I think what you've done here in this reflection process and using your family as the, as the, as the caveat to do that, or sorry, the, the conduit to do that is phenomenal because it's clear that they're super important to you. The love that you have for your wife and the story that you, I, I, I want to touch on that a little bit. The, the, the engagement story and the story of meeting her was just, I thought was so awesome. How did she feel about putting all of that in, in such great detail into a book that is going to be potentially read by millions of people? I, I kept it a secret from her. She really? knew I was writing the book, but I, I refused to give my family any of the content until it was published. I, I read like one or two chapters. I think I read Scooby the Dog to yep. them, but I held it back from her. Wow. And so it, it was so funny. The experience, I assumed my family would, their favorite chapters would be chapters about them, mm-hmm. right? I was like, uh, you know, th- your favorite chapter is probably going to be the, about you. The exact yeah. opposite happened, and they all found different favorite chapters. Wow. My son's favorite chapter was the five-gallon bucket, and that's about work ethic. My wife's favorite chapter was the the, the letter from George Bush, the, the letter to kids, the things you should know. So they all have these, like, favorite chapters, and none of them are about them. So I don't know, but, man, it's, it's, just, it's just a lot of fun. My favorite chapter was actually the, was it Get Back on the Ice? About yeah. fa- about failure and about dealing with failure. I think so many people have such a great issue with that. And I love the way that you approached it. Um, and again, using your son as the conduit to, to discuss this concept of failure and, you know, how we have to kind of get back up, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's only a failure if you don't get back up. I love that, that that's the line that you, that you use to describe that truthfully isn't that life right so I agree. It, it, it failure is is it's it's not the obstacle maybe maybe it's the way yeah i so, agree 100 and it doesn't mean that in that moment you don't have to experience that the the feeling of failure it just means can we dig a little deeper and and can we ask ourselves what am i supposed to learn here mm-hmm. and and what what am i supposed to get from this Mm -hmm. and that is how i believe when you fail you 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 tend to get back up or hopefully you get back up and i don't care how many times people get knocked down i really don't because i guarantee there's people sitting here listening and be like dude i failed so many times it's just not even worth the effort well, well, that's what. Well, that's that ends, that ends up being what the problem is, and and why people get held up is like you fail once, you got this great, brilliant idea, it fails, and then you're like, all right, let me try to tweak it and try to start something up, and that fails, and then you do something else, and maybe that fails also, and then you're just like, all right, well, maybe I'm just a miserable human being, and I I'm not cut out to do to do anything, and I'm just gonna give up. You know, I, I feel like a lot that's of people it. have that have that that 
brain working. And I think what you're talking about, I apologize for interrupting. No, I feel no, like you're good. The way that you're talking about is so important to for, for people to realize, especially parents. Especially parents, but but anybody quite <coughs> what they do is they give up on themselves. So if we yep. if we parcel out that that business idea, I, I heard you throw that in there a little bit and just look at life for a second. You can tie it to business, which which I do often, but they give up on themselves, Mo. And that is the hard part. When you do that, it's over. Yep. You, I agree. You've stopped growing. So please, if you're listening and you're thinking about like, I just want to give up. And I just, I might as well throw in the towel. Don't, because there's so much excitement and there's so much goodness on the other side of you not giving up. You, you, you need to be a part of that. I want you to experience that. Absolutely. And you're actually, and, and people are actually listening to two people that have gone, th- gone through that. As I mentioned, it alluded to at the top, I have a, I, I had a, I had an aspiring music career before, before this all and failed at that very very much so failed at that for lack of a better term or for 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 not for any lack of trying or or talent or anything just didn't work out very hard to do and i actually was in that rut for a very long time until i became a father and i had my daughter and this podcast is a is is my this is your captain speaking if we're talking yeah. about you this is my version of of, of that and, and and so much more so much more successful and happier and better than than what anything that I could have gotten out of that music career and it's and like just like you said this has kind of led me into like this is maybe the way that it was all supposed to happen you know what I mean so I think so I take I take your lesson from your book and uh, and I'm I'm living proof of of, of that as well let's talk about your kids a little bit in regards to the book You, you mentioned that you read it to them and they really love it you said you kept it a secret from them did they know that you were writing it about them and from that type of perspective and you were just keeping it a secret of what you were putting in there or was everything just kind of a a secret and then you just kind of unveiled the whole thing on them i gave them little tiny glimpses so i i I think i did mention to them like hey i'm gonna write a chapter about you kind of casually like that I gave them little glimpses, but they were also uh, part of part of the, the the cheerleaders on the way, right? Or, or fan club on the way. They're like, Dad, when's the book coming out? When's the book coming out? So I was like, Guys, I'm Dad's working on it. I'm trying to get it there. So like, they they just they they gave me they gave me energy. And I, I mentioned to you is both of my daughters are now talking about writing books. And I'm like, This wow. is amazing. This is amazing. So you guys want to write a book? Cool. And they're like, Hey, Dad, in the next book, why don't we do this? I'm like cool let's do it like <laughs> let's go and so it, it's it's so cool man I, I just had fun with it and that's what I love so much about the the concept of this book is that it's it's also inspiring to parents to learn from these lessons as well right I mean for anybody to learn but specifically coming from you talking about being a parent and learning these lessons through through your life and, and passing these to your kids you're also passing them on to other parents and a lot of parents can learn from these things, you know, and, and I think that's fantastic. Did you have that? Did you have any of that in your in mind to kind of to connect with other parents or was it just kind of let me get this story out and this is how I want to do it? This I did not have that in mind and I didn't have on the second generation of the book here i didn't have anything any goals in mind behind it other than to give my family something that i hope they would take to heart and learn a few lessons from and the the supplemental benefit has been i am in conversations like this almost daily mo it's so exciting to be in conversation with parents or i was in a conversation with a grandfather the other day he was like man I got to spend more time with my son and like the conversations that I'm in with, with these folks from the book, it's hard to put it into words. I get emotional when I'm like, take on man, like brother, I'm in these conversations. I didn't expect to be in. And it just goes back to like, when you just let your guard down, man, the world's going to open up. For sure. No, hundred percent. How was the experience writing the book while also having to be a dad? You said, you know, they, they always were excited about the book and, and wanted to know when's it coming out, when's it coming out, when's it coming out. Was it difficult to find time, especially since I'm sure you were working on this, like I said before, in this pandemic when everybody's at home. Was it difficult to, to be writing this while you also had to pull double duty being a parent? Because I do know how much goes into actually writing a book, right? Any, putting any type of piece of art or 
thing into the universe is very difficult process. How did you how did you handle that kind of balance between dad life and book writing life? First off, let me let me be super clear that that my wife is is fully the captain of our boat and she she runs oh so maybe it should have been family. called this is your co-captain speaking <laughs> somebody said the other day we're going to write a second book and, and it's going to be called this is your conductor speaking and i thought that was pretty accurate so yeah. we got a we conductor so so because i am in a spot where where my wife really is the centerpiece of our family it gives me the courage to kind of step forward and, and do this so most of the writing would happen around 5 30 in the morning I, wow. I, I would get up before i would get up before the, the world gets up and and crank for about 60 to 90 minutes a day but i would t- i'll tell you this and if anybody's considering writing a book highly recommend it it's a it's an amazing process it it's it's quite energizing as as early as that sounds I would start my day with energy and then productivity would shortly follow after like, Oh, I did that. And then I'd go on to the next domino and the next domino. And like, it was, it was a chain reaction. So despite like all my buddies, like, how'd you find time to do that? Yeah. And it's a legit question. But I was like, dude, I would go to bed early because I needed to, to get up to write. Well, I found it actually gave me energy didn't extract energy from me so it's the opposite of what everybody uh not everybody but but what some people would think like when when you're a kid you'd get up for christmas morning you'd be so excited you'd get up and then you'd get up early and that's kind of how how this was i was like let's let's do it of course there's days where you're a little bit tired and sluggish and you gotta push through it but you get up with energy when you're passionate about something the energy component is is in play yeah. Did you did you find that having that energy and having this passion to go back to had a I'm just going to assume that it would be a positive effect, if any effect at all, but do you do did you find that it had a positive effect on your relation with your kids at, or or just like your abilities as a dad in general? So the time frame that, that children are under our roof in our life span yeah. is actually very short. Hundred percent. I mean it, it might feel long, it might feel like we got forever oh, it definitely feels long <laughs> right some days right but you don't like my kids are about to the oldest are about to start high school dude and wow. and uh, it is a short window and you better be paying attention you better be tapped into what they wanted what they want to talk about like kids they they want to talk about you know my youngest wants to do gymnastics and the other one wants to try out for jv uh soccer be tuned in to what they want out of this world. And, and, and all they really want from you as a parent, my experience is, is for you to, to be aware of what's going on in their life. Yeah. And if you can just do that genuinely, I think you'll be a better parent for it. So the, the added bonus is I hope they take a lesson away of, of dad was never an author before and now dad's an author. So like if you want to do something in life and we'll talk about dreams in a second, Yes. I hope they take the lesson away that they can do anything they want to do in life because I, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I, I, I so I love I love that you you took the words right out of my mouth on that dreaming process. That that's also one of my favorite one of my favorite chapters. And those two I, I love that those two are back to back. The chapter about failure and the chapter about being a dreamer and the importance of that. Do you actively instill that concept in your kids to 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 have dreams and go after them because I, I happen to feel that's very important. That's something that my parents always did for me, and I hope that I will do for for my daughter. Is that something that you're actively instilling in them in in having you yes. know, pushing them to have dreams and go after them? Hundred percent. I think I'm taking it one layer a little bit deeper, though. So, Interesting. so I and you did it. So you don't regret having your dream as being a musician. Of course not. You don't regret it at all, right? Not even a little so bit. So you actually chased your dream, and the benefits that came from that are profound. Yep. Right. I did the same thing as a former sports anchor. That was my dream growing up. As a kid, I chased it. I did it. I chose to to pivot a few years after being a, a sports anchor because. I had some new dreams, right? And and I was evolving as a, as a person as well. So I 100%, 100% want them to chase their dreams. I'm taking it one step further and saying, it, your dreams may continue to evolve. Yep. They might get bigger. You might shift directions. Do I think everybody can go play in the NFL if that's their dream? No. But do I think you could become a general manager of a team if that's your dream? 
maybe if you can't be the general manager, could you be an assistant coach or could you be a coach? Like there are layers to it. So I want people to experience what it's like to chase dreams because I think that is, that is beneficial in a lot of different ways. And look, even if you get knocked off of the, off of your dream, and you get back up. Now you're experiencing failure and you're experiencing growth. Yep. So I do want people to chase their dreams. Although I'm not to the point of like, anything you want to do, you can absolutely do it. I say that with the with the catch of like, you got to understand certain things. Like it's it's not as not as clear cut as that. But sure. there's a lot of benefits to chasing chasing your dreams. And, and, and other things are going to come from it that you don't even know yet. Yeah, I agree. What are your kids into dream, dreaming about now? Where, where, are they, where do they want to be in... Well, what are they saying they want to be in, in 10, 20, 30 years? Well, I, I'm asking that question. Okay. And I'm not getting I'm not getting direct answers, but I can tell you my youngest daughter is so into fashion. Yes. And it's it's ridiculous. So that that's that's the dream there. Isabella is our, our middle child by a couple of minutes there. She's got a twin brother, Connor. And she is she really likes entrepreneurship and business. Oh, so so that's kind of cool. My son, he's He's diving more and more into the stock market. I don't know if that's really? good or bad, but the dude is is tracking stocks, and we got him a few investments, and he's tracking it. So he's he's evolving in his dreams, and but there's definitely nice. interest in kind of finance and money. And then goodness, we we try and make sure like you can have all of these dreams, but we want you to do good in the world too. So sure. we're trying to keep them grounded on that. It's like hey, money doesn't. We talk about money in the book, like. It's money's not happiness. Yep. Um, money can give you options in terms of, of how you choose to use your time, but don't automatically assume money is happiness. Yep. So we're, we're trying to keep them grounded like that with the catch up. Like if you want to go down that path, that's cool too, because it, it can give you options right. to choose. Like if, if you, if you create wealth for yourself and, and you want to create a foundation that, that helps hungry children, that wealth can provide that for you. So, sure. so like, let's look at it like that. So we're, we're in some pretty cool conversations, but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they all pivot and do something completely different. Of course. I, I mean, they're still so extremely but, young, but, yeah, but I'm just, yeah. but, but, it, but it's, but it's interesting because you know, you're, you're such a, you're such an advocate for, for following dreams and stuff like that. I actually really vibed with your middle daughter during the process of the book, especially like her, her good heartedness of like being the one person at school that like, stopped calling this girl rat girl like i thought yeah. that that was so i thought that that was so awesome and it actually it actually reminded me of a conversation i am i'm one of a dual i'm a dual best man at my brother-in-law's wedding and the other best man he we were on a zoom call the other night with with the whole bridal party and the other best man who was like had been his best friend since since high school or, or middle school he said that the reason why they were friends is because he was fresh off the boat from Africa, uh, from Niger, and everybody made fun of him because he had this African accent and he was African and it was mostly a white school or whatever. And my brother-in-law was the first person to stop making fun of him because he was African and foreign. And it actually reminded me of your, of that story about your, wow. about your daughter. Has, has her, has she continued to, to, to evolve in, in, in that type of in, in that type of way, it seems like she just does really have this kind heart and wanting to help people and be nice to people and people to be nice to each other. Is is that still is that still the case with her? Is she continuing to grow there? One hundred percent. Yep. And I think that's always going to be a part of who she is. She's got a gigantic heart and wants to help people, and I love that about her. As a parent, the fun part about that obviously is like. You're helping try and make the world a better place, which sure. is so cool to experience as a parent. What what I received from that as a parent, for her to come home from school and share that story yeah. and me to be connected and engaged in that conversation, which we were talking about earlier, just know what's going on in their lives. I get to experience that goodness because she came home and shared that story with us. Yeah. And and that's because my number one priority is them and people talk about it, but my number one priority is my family. And that means a lot and you can't just say it. So you gotta you gotta be engaged in their world. And she's comfortable enough to share that story. The funny thing is she's like, Dad, well what if she ever this is how 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 warm hearted Isabella is. She said, Dad, what if my what if she ever reads this book? And I said, Oh, honey, I 
I, we're not going to take the book to, to her. All right. So let's, let's just not do that. But that's how her heart works. Right. Yeah. That's how her brain works. And then I got scratching my head. I was like, damn, wonder, well, if maybe she, if she does ever read the book, I, I, I'll have to figure something out then, but I, I think we'll be okay. But that's, she came from that spot and that's yeah. how true she is. Yeah. That, it's really awesome to see your kids grow into, into those type of people, right? I can imagine that that gives you a sense of proud and, 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 and pride and, and, and you're so, you're proud of that. And I can see it in your face as we, as we look, nobody else can see it, but I'm still, I'm looking, I'm looking yeah. at you right now and I can, I, am. I can yeah. see that, 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 that pride in your face that she is that. Did you, did you, did you and your wife actively like push towards making her, not making her, but like, you know, instilling those type of values in, in, in your, in your kids to try to get them to that point, to have these big hearts and think in the way that she did specifically in relation to that story. But you know, was, is that like a focus that, that you and your wife have as parents? It is. It, it is. I don't have like a structured plan of how to sure. suggest other parents do it. But when, when my wife and I, and my wife's really good at it, by the way, when we catch something or, or there's an example that, that pops up in terms of, really anything that, that that we don't agree with as it relates to the to the world or how people are viewing other people or or different races or different backgrounds we're very clear about like people are people are people man and you guys need to understand that and we don't we don't see anybody in a certain way or certain light so we do have those those conversations quite quite frankly that's and, been, that's uh, fantastic that's and important. we go right and we go right at it which is interesting too because there's a lot of, you know, generational stuff that's around, right? That's built up over time from grandparents and parents. And you're like, hey, guys, this this is how it's been. This is how mom and dad think. Yeah. And this is, this is we'd like you to explore this way of thinking. You mentioned that, like, you and your wife kind of have your own way of thinking and instill that in your kids. Do you find yourself actively trying to break the mold of things that maybe didn't work for you in the past with how you were raised in parenting processes that you were given? Yeah, so a couple couple parts to that. The the first part is I give my mom for whatever person I am today. I'd like to think I'm a I'm a good dude headed in the right direction. How about that? That's how I like to think it's a great way I to think about it. My mom a ton of credit for being involved in my life and and my dad too. But but definitely my mom, the, the person you're hearing today, my mom's been super influential in in what comes out of my mouth. So, however, I do think there are things that that, that we can look at and improve on. And I think there are, there are some subconscious things that we're not even aware of until you're aware of them. Sure. And so we look at it maybe from an improvement standpoint, not necessarily an automatic change of direction. And you can look back generation to generation and be like, okay, that was learned, that was subconscious, like it's just a buildup of over time. But when you become aware, self-aware, which we talked about briefly, you can say, okay, cool. I, I sort of get where that actually came from and I've got some work to do in that category. Yeah. Yeah. And so so I think I look at it as improvement from a very solid foundation that was put in place in my life. Yeah, that was a no term, that was in no way, shape or form to be like, you know, my no. parents failed no. and doing do something like that. So I thought it was a bit that went that no. but and I and, and to that I hope my kids actually take what we've taught them and evolve with and that expand also. on it and 100%. evolve. And and if they don't, they're making a mistake. 100%. I'll say it. So so that's how I would like our children to, to look at it. And then one day I'll I'll learn. Yeah, for sure. Again, it's that state of constant evolution, right? It doesn't just stop with you. It it continues going from generation to generation. And hopefully we can instill them to be better than we were if we think, at least if we think that we're pretty good, you know what I mean? Or or at least go in the right direction. You know what I mean? This is, this is, I I can't get over how how much I like the way that this book was set up and, and the way that you, you give these lessons. What was the most important lesson that you learned? I would love to to keep it in this fatherhood realm or just a life lesson in general that you learned while doing this that may not be included in the book. What were some lessons that you learned specifically during this process? I think, and, and I've mentioned it a few times because I think the one of the key lessons I've learned from this book, and I'm going to move forward with it from this point on, I didn't really realize it as I was doing it is because I was just writing from the heart. But uh, when you let your guard down, yeah, like so I let my guard down in a big way. And I don't know why it feels like letting my guard down, but that's it. So like as I move through life now, this book has just taught me like, guess what, dude, knock, knock. When you when you are willing to 
to be humble, when you will it to let your guard down, that that is goodness. Yeah, that is that is goodness. So I really have taken that away from this because without doing it, I'm not in this fun conversation with sure. you, sure. you know, sure. and, and that, that's one of the big ones right there. It's like, holy, holy cow. I need to do more of this. Yeah, not being afraid to be vulnerable. It's the vulnerability, yeah, I think, is, yeah. is, 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 the, is, the, is the biggest thing that I, I mean, uh, to speak for myself, even though I didn't ask myself the question, or nor did you, but, uh, but, but to speak for myself, I, I agree with you on that. And I think that that's actually a huge part of parenting is, is being vulnerable and understanding how to be vulnerable and, and living in this state of vulnerability where, especially as a first-time parent, you have no idea what the what in the world you're doing <laughs> and that's a vulnerable state to be in you know what i mean but but you gotta live with it you gotta kind of harness that vulnerability and turn it into this po- positive energy you know or at least Dude, I mean, you're at least so that's my... doing it you're so doing it and, <laughs> and 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 your child is going to so appreciate what you're doing and it's amazing that you're so aware of it right now as you're going through it you're a student of parenting you're a student of being the best father you could be it's stinking amazing what you're doing and how you're thinking about it and man can't we can't we spread this across the world with every listen listen that's what i'm trying to that's what i'm trying to do here man we're geeking out talking about parents and 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 kids and and we're just geeking out about it yeah it's true joy yeah true joy it's true joy let let it be you're absolutely no, no. You're absolutely correct, but but also, you know, to have that true joy is to is to let yourself be vulnerable. You know what I mean? You can't you yeah. can't ultimately appreciate the process if you don't let your guard down enough to let the process in. You know what I mean? Totally. So I, I I love I love that. So I love that idea of doing that. I think that especially from from a fatherhood standpoint, and this has been like a consistent conversation that's happened over the last two two or three uh, conversations I've had for the pod is is that sense of, of vulnerability. You, you have to have that in order to, to really let yourself go all in on this parenting thing. I feel like, and I think that especially for dads, that's a hard thing to do, especially for men. I should say that's a hard thing to do. So I'm glad to hear that. That's like a big thing for you to, to, to get to, to make happen and, and be in touch with It's It's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's cool. And you think about the generations before, like mm-hmm. your grandfather, your father, like there's generations of, dads not just boldly expressing their love for their 100%, children. 100%. I agree 100%. And, and that's all over the place. And and it doesn't, I don't know, let's 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 have a conversation about yep. it and see if it could just explore if it could look a little bit different and the impact that might have. And and again, no judgment for that's how, you know, that's maybe how people had to raise kids in the past. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Yeah. I just know, like, I'm trying to figure out how to be the best father, best person, best husband I could be. And if that's at the end of this, 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 this run, if that's all I am, that's a box check for me. And I'm as happy as I can be. Oh, that is a great, that is a great way to, 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 to end and transition into these last couple of questions that I have for you. I ask two questions of every single guest that I have on. And so I'm going to throw them your way. And they both kind of lead off of exactly what you just said. The first is what, what's just been your favorite experience in this fatherhood journey or your favorite thing about, about fatherhood in general? Uh, it's going to be too broad of an answer that you're not going to love, but I'm going to say all of it because every <laughs> phase great. has a unique goodness to it. Every phase has a unique goodness to it. So I want to say the entire thing. It's it's just amazing. And literally, I, I remember it vividly how the day my children were born, people tried to describe to me the feeling of being a parent. Yeah, you can't you, you can't actually put it into words. No, you can't. And I think it's meant to be that way where you can't actually put it into words. So, and I, I love seeing that. So, yeah. so I'm going to say all of it, man. That's I, awesome. I can't, and, and it's still, there's still goodness coming. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a great way of looking at it. I actually love that answer more than most that I've gotten Good. because it, because it's so, it, because it's so true. And, and it really, it, that, that broad of an answer the, the, or that answer specifically, well, as broad as it is, it actually really hones in on your perspective on fatherhood very very much so you know so i I love it the the last question i I throw out there is a is a selfish one for myself so that i can as you you alluded to try to be the best dad that i can be as well as helping people to be the best dads that they can be i know your book is chock full of lessons so i would love to try to find one that's not in the book but if you have a piece of advice 
for a dad behind you in the parenting process, what would that piece of advice be? You actually have to be selfish to be a parent. And, and let me let me explain that for a second is I, I'm selfish. We're, we're selfish. We're, people are selfish. Of You're course. selfish. I'm selfish. We may not like to consider ourselves that way, but we are. And what do I mean by that? As a parent, you want to give your family the best energy and best version of yourself possible, right? So the way you can do that, the way you deliver on that is you got to take care of yourself. You got to, you know, we'll go into sleep or eat or whatever, exercise or whatever. You have to be selfish with your own self-care. And then when you, when you're doing that, those closest to you reap those benefits. Yep. So that, and, and I was in a conversation with somebody about that. What, what does that mean? It means exactly what it sounds like. It means I need you Mo, to be selfish with yourself. Yeah. I need you to take care of yourself. Yeah. I need you to do things for yourself. And sometimes that means taking a break from your family yeah. for a night or two or a day or two, because you want them experiencing the good you, the best you, and to, for them to experience that, to, to reap those benefits, you got to provide that. Do you, you see what I'm saying with 100%. that? And it's, it resonates with something else. I think last week's guest talked about in that, you know, you can't be the best version of yourself. You can't be the best parent and husband or partner that you can be if you yourself are not happy. And sometimes you have to be selfish to be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure there were, there were times in right in, in doing, in doing the writing where, where you had to be selfish and take time to yourself to do that because that yeah. is how you were going to be able to stay sane. Right. Same thing 100. with me here. You know, uh, uh, sometimes you do have to be selfish. And I, I also, I, I like that you say that because a lot of times parents think that they, once they have kids, they don't have space to be selfish anymore. Right. They yeah. all everything has to be about their kids. Something I actually tell my wife all the time is like, yo, you need to take time for yourself. Whatever it is you need, go and do that, you know, yeah. uh, because I, I think that's extremely important. And, and I and I think that the, the best way to be selfless is to be selfish. You got it. Well, well spoken, man. Very, very well spoken. And I think you'll you'll concur with this. I don't have all of this stuff figured out, Mo. Of I really, really don't. Uh, but what the, the one thing I can tell you is, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And I'm trying to get better. Yep. And that's that's the one thing I. So you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. And I I, I want to constantly evolve as a as a parent, as a father, as a person, as a husband. You name it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, Jason, this has been this has been freaking awesome. Your your energy. It, it's not a lot of times where I find somebody that can match my energy. But your energy, your your love, your passion for your kids, for your family, it doesn't just come out in the book. It comes out in here in your voice and your facial expressions. It's fantastic. Let's let let let's let everybody know how can they if they want to connect with you and talk more about fatherhood stuff and your experience, or if they want to find the book and, and, and take a, take a peek at it and read it. How can people find you connect with you? And then furthermore, get the book. Yeah. So the, the landing page for the book is today you choose.com. So today you choose.com. You'll see a bunch of pictures of the Martin family in there. And then you can, you can click the buy now button and it's going to take you to Amazon to purchase the book. But I'd love for you to go to today you choose.com. You can connect with me on that webpage. If you want to just go straight to Amazon, you can do that too. This is your captain speaking with Jason Martin and you can grab it there. And I'm happy to talk. So if you want to shoot me a, shoot me a, a an email and connect with me, because I cool. love talking about this stuff. That's awesome. And that's great. Jason, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on. It takes a lot of balls a lot of guts and uh, and i know how difficult it was and it's fantastic so i appreciate you coming on and sharing it with me dude it's an honor to be on here and uh, it's pretty cool to be talking with somebody who who's got an entire podcast around <laughs> being a parent and being a dad so thank you for putting out goodness into the world my brother absolutely man i appreciate it i'm sure we'll talk again soon all right i appreciate it and that is all for this week's episode of dad hard with a podcast as always to connect on a fatherhood brotherhood shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com follow us on instagram at dadhardpod and Check out the website, wedadhard.com, where this episode with my main man, Jason Martin, 
can't wait to evolve this friendship with this guy. This is going to be awesome. And uh, and learn about his book and his take on fatherhood, which was the complete inspiration to his book. This is your captain speaking. Uh, that episode will be right at the top. And you can also check out season one, season two. But that's all for us. Until next week, same dad, hard time, same dad, hard place. We're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember man. back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. Talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking. Can't be that, man. You remember. And if not, you need to rewind this one. I'm out. Before you got blazed and lost in the haze.